Hello and welcome to the Father's House Church. We're so glad that you're here. We hope that you feel blessed by today's message from our lead pastor, Greg Fraser. Why are we here? We are here to remind ourselves that Christmas is more than shopping, busyness, expectations. We are here to slow down in the middle of the gifts, our traditions, our plans. We are here to remember God's plan that he left his throne and on a silent night in a dirty manger, he changed everything. We are here because Christmas means God deeply loves us and provided a way for us to be with him. We are here because the great gift of hope, of joy, of peace, and of love was given to us. That's why we celebrate. That's why we sing. That's why we are here. so glad that you are here. The first service was packed, and now you have all this room, and so you better be singing extra loud in this service, because we want to hear your voices as we praise the Lord together. Amen. Well, hopefully, um, if you have little ones, you were able to find the children's ministry and register them before service, but we just want to begin with a word of prayer now. Why don't you stand, because we're going to sing in just a moment here, Joy to the World. God, we just thank you that you are here with us. God, it's a joy and a privilege to be in your church. We're here, but thank you that you are here, Holy Spirit, Spirit of Christ, this Christmas. Lord, we just pray that we would enjoy your presence today as we worship, that we would enjoy scripture that is read, that we would enjoy the Christmas story and a powerful message today. God, we pray that God, Emmanuel, would become so real and significant to everybody in this room and everybody watching online today. Thank you, God, that you're here with us. And God, it brings us great joy. And so we're going to sing right now.
seated. A reading from the book of Isaiah, chapter 9. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And amen. It's a beautiful scripture. I want to focus on one point of it right now. It said, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Well, what is this darkness that the Scripture is referring to? Those living in the shadow of death. You see, it's not just talking about the absence of light, but it's actually talking about the darkness that has been shed abroad, mankind that casts the shadow of death. See, we're living in a world that's very broken. Uh, there's great sorrow and brokenness and loss of life. And that's what people are doing. They're searching for light and for life. And you see, God's idea was not this brokenness, this separation from Himself, but it's always been light and life. When God created the world, this is what it says in Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and He separated light from darkness. And in that moment, God began to speak light and life over the world. And so the creation began to happen, and vegetation God created, and He would say, it is good. He created the land and the water, and He said, it is good. He created all of the animals, and He said, it was good. And so God continued this until He finally created humanity. He created man and woman. And yet, at the end of that creation, God said, it is very good. See, mankind is actually God's most special creation. And uh, why? Because we're created 
in the image of God. You and the people sitting next to you are image bearers. You see, we're created with free will. We're created with self-awareness. We're created with love. We're created with creativity and great purpose. And so this is God's intention from the beginning. We're ultimately created to love God and to love one another. And so this is what God has done. But then mankind decided to turn away from God. And we decided to run our lives our own way, separate from God. And bam, death began to set into the lives of humanity. And we see it in many different ways in our world today. We see emotional death and darkness. People living in shame and fear and misery and obscurity. You know, with words like, does anybody see or understand what I am going through? There's spiritual darkness and death. You see, we hid from God when we defied Him and tried to follow our own advice rather than Him. But we can no longer as human beings discern His voice very well. And we kept following our own light, which really was darkness. There's also social darkness and death in this world. You see, mankind began to hide from each other. We blamed each other. We tried to control others for our own good rather than serving others for their good. And ultimately, it led to moral darkness, which we see in our world today. Jealousy and coveting and murder and every sin that can possibly be imagined coming from the hearts of mankind, which just results in more brokenness, in more death, in more separation. You see, we're in big trouble. We're trapped in this form of darkness as a people, and we're in desperate need of somebody to help us find our way out. Now, the bad news, if we're honest, about humanity, though we have greatly increased in, in you know, things like technology, and, and we're just so far advanced, it seems, in this world today, and yet no one has the cure for the human heart. We seem to be trapped in this downward spiral of darkness and death. But the promise in Isaiah that Luke read was this, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You see, the coming of Jesus Christ to this world is that light. You know, it's why we celebrate this time of year. It's why this is such an important season of remembering that God has sent His light into this world. And, you know, it's even why we hang Christmas lights. It's a declaration of light has come in the midst of darkness. You know, the Bible continually celebrates that Jesus is this light. He even called Himself the light of the world. Here's one of the scriptures that talks about Jesus in John chapter 1. Life came into being because of Him, for His life is the light of all humanity, and this living expression is the light that bursts through gloom, the light that darkness could not diminish. And so Jesus comes on the scene. He begins to provide the opportunity for our relationship with God to be healed. He begins to provide light and life to ourselves and the areas of brokenness within us. 
and, and around us and even in our world today. And the hope and, is renewed of this relationship with God and true purpose sets into our hearts. This is really the heart of God. Let's celebrate together this incredible light that has come into the world and revealing a plan for us to come back to God. Why don't you stand with us?
from the Gospel of Luke chapter 2. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. All who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told. Well, the shepherds have become a, a rich, sentimental uh, symbol of the Christmas story. I mean, which of us hasn't seen a little kid dressed in a bathrobe, a bathrobe, you know, with a little stick with a crook and uh, playing one of these shepherds? We love that image. 
You know, it's essential to understand this story and understand what's going on. You know, the Bible does not tell us the names of the shepherds, but we need to understand who shepherds represented in the days of the Bible. They can be described as probably humble, common laborers working the night shift, not the likely group to receive such a message of importance. Now, although the Bible does show us many great shepherds who were very important people in the Bible story, still shepherds were regarded as lowly people that way. We know that Moses, the great Moses, was a shepherd. We know that King David actually started off as a shepherd before he became king. And we know that Jesus called himself the great shepherd, you know, and yet this world did not hold shepherds in a place of importance or authority in their culture. And yet this amazing message came to this group of people. And what was that message that the shepherds received? Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. You see, peace is a very powerful word in the Bible. You know, it's not just the ceasing of war, but actually it means to prosper us. And ultimately, the best definition I love is this, it means to set us at one again. Ultimately, to set us at one again with God, with ourselves, and with others. And so we see that word is highly relational. You know, favor means delight, kindness, satisfaction, and purpose. Now, this is what's important to understand the message that the shepherds received. Religion tells you to work harder, to be better, to do more, then you will find peace and favor with God. But this new message that's being spoken by the angels is the inviting of us back, not into a religion, but into a relationship with God. And that relationship with God begins to go to work on every person who enters into that relationship with Him. It leads us back to what we were created to be. It begins to repair the broken parts of our hearts and our lives, to restore our broken relationships, and ultimately to bring us back on purpose in the fact of serving others for the good of the world, not just serving ourselves. So this message of hope to humanity actually comes to this most unlikely candidates and trumpets the most incomprehensible message. God is making a way for you and I to come back into relationship with Him through His great mercy for all humanity, not through our own works, our own labors, but through simply trusting Him. The doors open, and God's shouting to all the world, saying, I am with you, I am for you, and not against you. Now, what's interesting, the shepherds go and they leave, and they go and see this unlikely message that they've been told, and they find exactly what the angel said, a, bi- a baby lying in a manger. Now, a manger is an interesting place. It's the resting place for animals and the feeding place for animals. 
It's really a barn with all the scents and smells of a barn that shepherds might be used to. But this is the place where the Messiah is born. But doesn't that make sense to you? You know, this Messiah, this king is not born in a palace. He's born amongst this mess, the brokenness, and the fractured lives of humanity. And this is where God Almighty sends His Son to arrive on the scene. And this is where the place where God demonstrates the beginning of His mercy and grace to us. Wouldn't you agree that it's less than perfect conditions for the perfect Son of God to be born into? You know, it's kind of the same with us. When we invite God into our lives, He gladly comes in. And you know, He dwells with us. This is what the Bible is talking about when it says we must be born again. It's that invitation of Christ into our lives. But when you think about God coming into your life and my life, wouldn't you agree that it's less than perfect conditions for the Son, the perfect Son of God, to be born into? And yet this is where Jesus finds Himself and His invitation to rescue humanity from darkness. This is what God is doing. It can overwhelm us simple, ordinary people. And yet this is the invitation of God. I love what Tim Keller, a great theologian, said in one of his quotes is this. The gospel or the good news that's being proclaimed is this. We are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. Yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted by Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. Wow. You see, I don't know what fears or struggles or things that you're dealing with today, but I want you to know this Christmas season, God is inviting you into a relationship with Himself, and He's going to join together with you to begin to bring hope and deliverance and peace and favor to you as you invite Him in. That's an incredible blessing. Well, let's join the band once again as they invite us to sing together about this extraordinary relationship that God has given us. Please stand. Just the ladies for the first verse.
Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Well, we've talked about today that when the light appeared, you know, it appeared to a people living in deep darkness, the darkness of soul, a brokenness morally, emotionally, socially, physically, in so many ways. We're desperately in need of the light of hope. And now it comes to all humanity through this baby who's now back in heaven, Jesus Christ, the light of the world. You know, his arrival is trumpeted to the lowly shepherds through an angelic, brilliant choir blazing in the midst of deep darkness with this incredible message, glory to God in the highest heaven. And underneath earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Now the star is leading, and 
both all these seekers to himself. And we see in our story these really two groups of characters emerging. The first were the wise men who had traveled from the far east to behold with their own eyes the one they believed that the shining star was revealing, the promised king, the savior of the world. The second group of people were the current king of the Jews and the Jewish religious leading leaders who were shocked to hear about this news and the, the wise men's journey this far, journey of hundreds and hundreds of miles, taking months to accomplish. You know, the wise men show up at the palace because they're seeking the king of the Jews. Wouldn't you naturally go there if you're looking for a king? And the amazing thing is about these wise men, these weren't lowly shepherds. These wise men came with such importance, they immediately get an audience with the king of the Jews. When they find out where the Messiah was to be born, which is in Bethlehem, a mere nine kilometers from where they currently were in Jerusalem, they, are, they immediately get excited and they're they go toward that revelation place, that little town of Bethlehem. But what's incredible is the religious leaders who had been waiting their whole lives for generations, awaiting the birth of the Messiah, don't even go to make the nine-kilometer trip to see if it's true. But this is what happens when they go, their faith of many, many, great journey of many miles is rewarded. The star leads them once again right to the place where baby Jesus was. When they got there, the Bible says they bowed down and worshipped him and presented him with expensive gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, if we were to read on in the rest of that story, the current king, King Herod, when the Magi are warned not to go back to see Herod, but they go through another route to go back toward their home, and King Herod finds out that he was deceived by them, they did not return. In a fit of rage, he sends his soldiers to go to Bethlehem and the surrounding area and orders that every male child two years and under, be put to death. Why would, you, why would he do such a thing? Well, because there can be only one king. There can be only one ruler. And so this was what happened in this Bethlehem area. That leads us to the end of our story. But what is the connection to your life and to my life today? You see, the question is this. What will we do with the light of the world? What will we do with the message of Christ some 2,000 years later? Will you bow down and worship Him, present your life to Him, or will you reject and turn back to self-reliance? Thank you, good job. Turn back to self-reliance, or will you turn to the light of the world? 
You see, we're all in need of coming out of that dark place. Will you be a wise man? Or will you be one who rejects the light? This is the open invitation of God to every human, to every heart, and to all of you gathered in this room and those of you that are watching online. Well, let's pray, and then we're going to continue on with our service. So, Father, I thank you for everybody gathered here today. Lord, you love them so deeply and so desperately. God, you've seen them throughout their moments of their life, and in this moment, you are present with them. And your invitation to come to you is wide open. Lord, not by their religious works, not by them earning it or efforts on their own, but simply by believing that you would do such a thing for them. The Bible says, Lord, that those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That, Lord, if we would but believe that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead and proclaim that to God and open our hearts to, to him, that, God, we would be saved. And so, Lord, it's that simple. I pray that every heart and person in this room and watching online would understand the simplicity of the great invitation of God to this world. And so will you do that? Will you pray that prayer? Will you say, God, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I admit that there are some dark places in my heart and I need to come back into a relationship with you. Just simply pray that prayer and God will meet you there. In Jesus' name, we ask these things. Amen and amen. The lights in the city shine bright, red and green. But sometimes the season is not what it seems. In heartache or joy, let me rest in your care. Be near me, Lord Jesus. This is my Christmas prayer. The wise men brought treasures. The shepherds bowed down. The angels were singing their glorious sound. I have no great riches, no gift to impart. What can I give you? Lord, I will give you my heart. Be near me, Lord Jesus, I ask you to stay close by me for storms through the night hold me close be my light show the way bless all of your children 
We're almost finished our Christmas Eve service, um, but we wanted the opportunity before we close today, sing a few songs in closing, to welcome anybody who's come for the first time. We handed out a lot of invitations for this service and, and whatnot, but if it is your first time at the Father's house, there is a new here card tucked into the seat back of the chair in front of you. And in exchange for that new here card, if you take it to the church center desk, just outside those doors and to the left, uh, we'd love to give you a coffee mug. And it's a really nice one. It's a great Christmas gift to you and your family um, for those who are new today. If you're joining us online for the first time, click the new here button that's coming up in the live broadcast, and we will be reaching out to you in the new year to personally welcome you to our church as well. Amen. Well, um... It's a special day. Normally, sometimes Christmas Eve services can be during the midweek, but this year it landed on a Sunday. And so um, we wanted to take up our regular tithes and offerings for those of you who call this church your home church. Um, my prayer today, our prayer as a team, is that gratitude would just be welling up in your hearts this Christmas. And that is the greatest motivation for generosity, not guilt or coercion, um, obligation, but gratitude. God, you are generous. God, you are so good. You've been so good to my family. And so if you are giving today, you can send an e-transfer to give at tfhchurch.ca or there is an envelope in the seat back of the chair in front of you. You can place your gift inside and then if you can find your way after the service, there's some black boxes mounted on the wall um, just as you're exiting the auditorium doors where you can place that envelope. Um, I wanted to mention as well, forgot to mention it in the first service, but a tradition that we have here at TFH is any undesignated cash and any loose change today that is given, we place in our benevolence account. And our benevolence account is what we use to support the needs of people in our church and in our community. And so just wanted you to know, loose change and undesignated cash, that's going to go directly today uh, to people in need. All right, well, we've reached a special point in our service. Hopefully on your way in today, you were able to grab a candle and a candle holder. Uh, there are going to be candle lighters in the aisles next to you. And they are going to come and light the candles of those right on the end of each row. Now, um, 
Those in the middle of the rows can then take their unlit candles and place the wick sideways into the lit candle. Uh, we want to ask that um, don't turn the lit candles sideways. They might fall out of those holders and onto the chairs, and we don't want that. Um, so wait. Uh, if those who have lit flames, I should read my instructions, shouldn't I? Wow. Okay. If you have an unlit candle, make sure to turn it sideways and to place it into the lit flame. And then lastly, parents, please be mindful of your kids. Our preference would be uh, that children 10 and older hold candles. And if you'd really like for them to hold a candle, just be sure to keep your eye on them.
Please remain standing, church. We're going to pray together. What a beautiful sight. Wow. Thank you, Lord. God, we just thank you right now that Jesus is the light of the world. Thank you that God became a person, was born in Mary's womb and came into this world. Hallelujah, God. We just thank you for salvation. We thank you for the gift of eternity. God, that you're with us now by your spirit, and one day we will be joined with you forever. Lord, help us to be a light to our friends, to our neighbors, to our family members. God, we pray that this Christmas, the, the message of Christmas would be illuminated in our hearts, shining brightly in every conversation, in every interaction, in every prayer. Thank you, Lord. And the whole church said, amen. All right, ready? One, two, three. We're going to blow out our candles. Go for it. <laughs> All right. Okay, well, I want to let you know um, we still have a couple more songs to sing, and so please don't head to the doors right away. But we do have prayer available at the glass cross. You can't really see the cross. We blacked it out because we wanted to see those candles. But if you want prayer today, please go to the cross, and we'll have prayer partners available to agree with you in prayer. I want to let you know that we have two services on New Year's Eve. That's next Sunday. We have one in the morning at 10.30 a.m. Just one service in the morning at 10.30. And then later on in the evening at 10 p.m., our young adult community is leading a special service and a countdown into the new year. But everybody is invited to come to that special night of worship, 10 p.m., New Year's Eve. Now I'll invite you, if you're still standing, I think everybody is. Wonderful job, everybody. Good job. We're going to sing Mary's Boy Child together right now, so go ahead and sing with us.
are so delighted that you came to join us today on this Christmas Eve. Isn't it special to be with one another on this special day? Yeah. Amen. Amen. So as you're leaving now, we're going to sing, of course, the traditional We Wish You a Merry Christmas. You can shoulder bump. You can elbow bump. Because we're just a little bit cognizant of it being the flu season. Um, so we don't want to spread our germs. But stay around greet one another enjoy each other's company and again thank you for being with us at the father's house let's give the lord a big clap offering of praise Thanks for joining us today. For more on our messages or information about our ministries, you can visit tfhchurch.ca. We hope you have a great week.